Okay, ladies and gentlemen, automotive enthusiast friends from all around the planet Earth, it's been a while, but we are back with another... Yes, sir, Kevin, we are back with another Murthy episode of V8 Radio. <laughs> Murthy? Is it uh, Mike Tyson <laughs> saying say mercy? Murthy faith. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Murthy means uh, amusement, especially as expressed in laughter. Oh, wow. Well, hopefully we have some. Yeah, I, let's yeah. let's let's go for it. Right on. Well, you are listening to V8 Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Oste, joined as always by our esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Hubal-Clark. And uh, if you have heard this show before, you know that uh, we like to start every episode with an automotive-type trivia question before <clears throat> we get into the meat of the show. And potatoes. And, and potatoes and uh, broccoli and, and Brussels sprouts. Sauce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, have you prepared a trivia question? Indeed, Kevin, I have, and uh, we're going to ease our way back into it with a nice softball question for you today and for our listeners. Um, so, uh, Kevin, if you noticed on the passenger side view mirror of most cars, it says it has a saying on there that says. Objects in mirror are closer than they appear. So how is this wizardry achieved, Kevin? And why is it done? Ooh. Well, wizardry. Wizardry yes. in the mirror. It sounds like a good uh, you <laughs> know, record song title. Or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a message in a like, bottle? Wizardry in a mirror. Ghost in the machine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think we're on to something. Uh, yeah. Call Sting. <laughs> um well, I think uh, uh, the the wizardry is achieved by making a convex mirror. It's uh, it's not flat, and I think concave curves inward and convex goes outward, and I could be backwards on that. But that is done so that you have a wider field of view out of that side mirror to see cars in other lanes and whatnot. And uh, the the visual effect is that everything appears smaller because you're stretching that field of view by altering the shape of the mirror. So that's my guess. A very scientific answer. I like it. You use words yeah. like convex and concave. That's I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, these days it's that uh, was a reach. So <laughs> right on, yeah. and we'll find out at the end of the show, sir. All right, um, I've got one for you. Talk to me. You've uh, no doubt heard of the band Ario Speedwagon. I have heard of Ario Speedwagon, of course, and you know that uh, the Ario. Speedwagon essentially was a vehicle. I thought you were going to go there. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so what does REO stand for? Oh, you know, I, I, I actually knew this at one point in my life. Hmm. Um, Can we go back to that point? I, we're going to try our best here. Dig it up. Um, REO, Speedwagon. The speed well, wagon part doesn't matter at this right. point, but REO does. Um, Maybe, was it in high school that you knew this? Or? Possibly. All right, we're going to say that REO is, uh, is uh, initials for an option package on a Rambler uh, automobile, and it was the Rambler executive option. Wow. 
Rambler executive option. And I swear to all that's holy, if I'm right about this, I'm going to quit this whole show forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's uh, There that's may quite be a... some of those people out there who are gunning for me, but... Uh, we'll yeah, see. right. <clears throat> that's uh, quite a promise. Okay. The Rambler executive option. Mm. I dig that. Thank you. We shall find out at the end of the show, friends. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's going to be good. Yeah. All right. So as we launch this episode, uh, I think it's only fair to offer up an apology to our listeners uh, because we've been away for a long time. Yeah, I ended up in a Thai prison. Uh, I wasn't wearing a mask, (laughs) and uh, I apologize to everybody out there for that. Um, Shame on me. Lesson yeah, learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice of you to dive on the grenade there, pal. Absolutely. That's what we it, did. This, this was 100% my fault. Um, and I don't know how much we need to discuss all this, but uh, I was in Arizona doing an off-road event uh, that we had talked about, I think, uh, previewed, the yes. Off-Road Expo. And uh, I caught what's known as San Joaquin Valley Fever, Ooh. which is a a fungal infection that you get when certain spores are stirred up in the dust in states like southern part of California, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, uh, part of Nevada. And uh, they call it Valley Fever for short. And it's a thing, man. It's it's a problem out there. In fact, uh, many years ago, my dad had it. He lived in Scottsdale. So I know my body chemistry was susceptible to this. Hmm. But I'd been visiting my parents out there for 25 years and right. never had anything. But this was the first time I was out in an environment right next to a, um, a display put on by Jeep where they were kind of, it wasn't like a Baja 1000 type thing. They were just crawling hmm. around. But apparently some wind blew some some of these uh, San Joaquin Valley fever spores my way. And, uh, and I inhaled them and they proliferated inside my lungs and uh next thing you know i had pneumonia and mm. no, nobody knew what the cause was and the interesting part of this was my pneumonia developed the same time as the sema 360 event right online so uh my role in sema 360 was to do a daily update video and they would send me some bullet points uh, in the evening and I had uh, Ben and I, Ben, our, our video editor and producer, we had essentially two hours to turn these bullet points into a delivered video and sent back to the guys at SEMA. And then they would distribute this through a mass email the next morning. Right. And I had a cough and I had pneumonia. I was out of gas. I uh, was mentally shot, but I also had this valley fever fungal infection going on, which was doubly kind of kicking my ass and towards the end of the week um i would be sitting in a chair all day reclined basically asleep until that email came in oh wow and then, it was, then it was go time to try and write you know the the change the bullet points into right. uh some sort of a deliverable script mm-hmm. and it was so bad my my brain was completely shot um normally i'd be able to just look at the bullet points and tell the story you know it'd be easy sure I I had to script everything and we had to shoot these line by line because I couldn't retain any information. Oh man. And and I'm coughing like crazy in between it all. And it was, it was bad. And I had gone to, uh, 
to my, my general practitioner when it first kind of came on and, and they're like, yeah, you, you got a, you got a little cough. Here's some steroids mm-hmm. and you know, you'll be fine. So I took those for a week and it got worse. And I went to a, uh, an urgent care facility mm-hmm. and, uh, they gave me a chest x-ray and they're like, yeah, you've got pneumonia. Um, here's more steroids and some, uh, uh, antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Well, meanwhile, my wife Kelly figured out that I had all the symptoms of this Valley fever. She sure did. She remembered what my dad went through and she's like, uh, you know, I think you got this. And we went back to, uh, my general doctor and, and told him about it. And here in the, we're recording this in the Midwest. We don't have this here. This is, you know, right. not something that comes up. So, you know, he was a little suspect, but, but thankfully he was, um, responsive and he's like, I'm not sure what this is, but I'm going to look it up and we'll see what it is. And once he did that, um, he's like, yeah, I think you've got this. Well, the problem is being a fungal infection, uh, steroids feed it. Really? So the, the two weeks of steroids I had made it worse. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so shortly oh, after man. that, I landed in the ER and I was completely dehydrated and uh, I had this, the, the worst headache of all time. And, and the symptoms are fever and <clears throat> coughing and lung problems and it can turn into uh, meningitis and you can have some real, real long-term problems. So I was doing all I can just to, uh, uh, to stay, you know, I really wasn't coherent. I, uh, after the SEMA thing, I went home, went to bed. I was, I'd been out of the shop for a, over a month. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. This is never, I'm not a sick guy. You know, this has never happened sure. to me before. And, uh, at one point, um, my general practitioner said, uh, well, we did some blood tests, which verified that this is exactly what I had. So mm-hmm. it was not just a shot in the dark. Right. But uh, my general practitioner, he's a great guy. He's actually a customer of ours at the shop. He's got a cool old Jeep. Oh, right. And uh, he said, I don't really want you to come into the doctor's office because COVID is is climbing and, and you know, you're, you're immunocompromised because you're sick, but I, I really need to see you. So let's come in for a quick visit. And I get in there and he goes... Uh, you, you look like S, you know? And I, I said, well, it makes sense. I kind of feel like that. My blood pressure was like 96 over 78 or something. Wow. It was low. way down. Yeah. And he said, uh, if you're not careful, you're going to die. Oh boy. And I, yeah. And I said, yeah, you know, whatever. And he goes, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding here. He said, you're going to die and here's how it's going to happen, right? He said, you're completely dehydrated, which means you can't function, your organs aren't working right, and you are immunocompromised. And you're going to need an IV for fluids because you can't drink enough water to, uh, to come out of this. He said, and to get an IV, you're going to have to go somewhere to a, a hospital or a Mm-hmm. An urgent care or something. And, and because of COVID, nobody's got room. Oh, so man. if you get into a hospital, they're going to spike you with the uh, IV fluid. Um, but the hospitals are jammed with COVID patients and you're going to get COVID and that's how you're going to die. Oh, geez. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, you, yeah, you sure don't paint a pretty picture, doc. <laughs> well, but the great thing is he, he laid it out, you know, and in terms that made sense. And, uh, Kelly's like, yeah, well, we're not going to let that happen. So, 
um, we took some steps to really focus on the hydration Good. and, uh, I got some supplements that, uh, help your, your cells absorb water and, and fluids and whatnot. And, uh, they put me on this antifungal medication and shortly thereafter, things started to turn around, which was good. The, that is uh, good. Pneumonia went away and, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, as, as of today, um, I just completed my first week back in the shop. Nice. Yes. Um, and I didn't have to take any naps during the day. Oh, so. that's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, one, one side benefit is I lost 26 pounds, you know, I didn't intend to, but, uh, I'll take it. Yeah. And, uh, uh here, here we are. So that, that's the reason why we've been out of production for a little while is because uh, I was uh, down for the count. So You're laid up. Apologize for that. Yeah. Um, well, but- I know I speak for all of our listeners where I say, when I say we're glad that you came out of this, um, you know, I was worried about you. I know your family and Kelly was worried about you. I mean, because you and I we talk quite a bit. I mm-hmm. mean, we, we, we're texting each other all day yep. and, and, and not just, not just, we don't just talk during the show. I mean, we communicate quite a bit and, you know, it was like a week or week and a half, two weeks where, you know, I wasn't hearing boo from you Yeah, it was nothing. because yeah. I knew that what was going on. And, and I know I was really worried. I know Kelly was really worried. Um, and I'm just thankful that you're able to come out of this and, you know, come to the right side of this thing. So, well, I appreciate that. And, back. And- I didn't really know, you know, looking back, people are telling me things that I really wasn't that aware of. Uh, I didn't look at my phone for a week and a half, you know, Yeah. today it's such a habit. It, it seems kind of, I challenge somebody to do that, you know, intentionally, it'd be tricky. Sure. But uh, Kelly told me a story that one night I woke up in the middle of the night and this headache was so bad, I just needed some kind of relief, you know. And, and I, I, I was already sleeping with an ice pack on my head and an ice pack on my neck. Mm. And I was taking Tylenol uh, because they didn't want me to take uh, Advil or any of that stuff just because of the medication. Mm-hmm. But I got out of bed and I staggered into the bathroom. And she heard some noise and, and came into the bathroom and found me with <laughs> a spilled bottle of Advil and like... 50 pills in my mouth oh my god yeah dude and and they're stuck to my face and everything and i'm i'm, I'm going ah. <laughs> and and she's like oh my god and you know she starts trying to pick these things out of my mouth oh, and i'm just geez. like make it go away <laughs> oh my god oh man <laughs> so it was, it was pretty brutal oh boy i'm sorry oh lord yeah that would have been kind of hilarious to see but uh mm. Yeah, that was uh, interesting. So one of the byproducts also is I kind of lost a good part of my voice. So I might be a little scratchy here and there in this uh, this episode. I'm drinking some tea to help kind of bring it around, mm-hmm. but uh, please forgive me. No, no, you sound great. You sound, you've never been better. Yeah, that's a stretch. No, not really. Maybe a teensy bit, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so anyway, yeah. well, thank you. Enough of that nonsense. Right on. And I'm with the show. Yes, on with the show. So there's a lot going on, even though I've been out of it. Um, you, my friend, came home with a set of uh, freshly reconditioned Pontiac cylinder heads today. I most certainly did, sir. I most certainly did. Our good friend Eric uh, Van Berkham was kind enough to take this project on for me a few months ago. And uh, 
got these heads that I gave him in tip-top condition. It's amazing the work he does. It's unbelievable. He's an artisan. He really, he really is. Um, these are uh, late, later model Pontiac heads from a 77 Trans Am. And as such, uh, most Pontiac guys will know that uh, the Pontiacs use a center crossover, exhaust crossover to heat up the carb. Uh, but the early model intake manifold doesn't match the um, uh, later model heads uh, exhaust crossover. So you either have to block it off with a block off plate or some people end up filling them with uh, with molten like aluminum. And uh, he opted to fill those with aluminum, made the transition really nice and smooth. They look fantastic. They're going to bolt up perfectly. And uh, I'll finally have a fully assembled engine here shortly. And yes. I can work on getting all the little doodads that it's going to take to uh, get everything connected and fired up. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And those 77 Pontiac cylinder heads normally wouldn't be that desirable um, because of the uh, inherent lower compression Correct. But that's kind of something that you wanted. It, it is. Uh, this engine is, I stroked it out to um, uh, four and a quarter stroke. And because of that, with the larger chambers, the compression ratio will be about between nine and nine and a half to one, which will be perfect for pump gas. Uh, I could probably even get away with running 87 octane in that. Uh, yeah. And those are, they are iron heads. So yeah. You yeah, don't have are. the advantage of, of being able to add compression just because of, you know, aluminum. Right. So that nine and a half to one is probably ideal for an yeah. iron head. For sure. It's, for especially sure. one that's going to get driven distances like you plan. This on. will be driven distances. Yeah. For sure. So, so, yeah, I'm really excited about this. It's a big step, big step forward. That That's huge. So when... Uh, as we're recording this, we're getting into the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to try to get this any part of this assembled soon, or is there any plans? Or I am going to try to get this assembled soon. I called my, you know, my buddy Randy's been uh, instrumental in helping me uh, get this engine put together. We've talked about him before on the show, and I called him today, and the first words out of my mouth when he answered was, "I've got heads, I've got mm-hmm. heads." So we got to come up with a plan to get get them over there and get get, get everything assembled up properly <clears throat> so which that I, is awesome yeah which is probably going to happen i'm hoping that it can happen next week yeah so that'd we'll be see. killer yeah it'd be great and part of that experience was visiting uh eric's shop it was an experience <laughs> <laughs> or or eric's indoor junkyard as it's <laughs> affectionately known but yeah. i'll tell you what if that's a junkyard, this is this is the definition of junkyard gold. It, all day long, I, I walked in there and I was, I, I looked around. And I said I could spend all day here. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it's amazing. He's got he has a, I think it's a seventy uh, Capri station wagon, a four twenty seven Caprice wagon, that was there on a lift that he's been putting together. He said for the last twenty years. Yep, yep. <laughs> he's had that a long time. I think it's a little older than that. I think it's a. Maybe a 69, 68 or something. Yes, I think it's a 69. Uh, cool car, brown with wood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and to describe this, there are, you know, of course, all the machine tools necessary for a machine shop. And there are engine blocks, and there are cranks, and there's cylinder heads, and there's intakes and carburetors and racks with other parts and pistons and rods. and, and you Just you everywhere. It. And he's got it all cataloged. Yeah. And a lot of it, most of it is, is, uh, contextual. 
So there's Pontiac parts over here, and there's Oldsmobile parts, and and like old Cadillac stuff, mm. you know, from the fifties, and and Lincoln parts, and MEL Ford stuff, and then Ford FE parts. You know, he's got all kinds of stuff, and he's uh, he's been our go-to guy for a lot of these. Um, little bit off the wall projects because mm-hmm. he's been doing this so long he knows all the tricks and a couple of years ago we were working on a ford 428 that the crank was bad and um we called him because finding a good ford 428 crank today is not easy you know these things just sure. don't go to AutoZone and get a you know a crank for a 428 <laughs> ford and uh he's like yeah i got one it's already been uh, you know machined and uh and balanced and it's ready to go so you know Dropped it in the mail, and here you go. Oh, how lucky is that? Yeah. Well, he, he did mention to me also, he says, hey, if you if you need any, you know, oddball Pontiac parts, let me know. I deal with about five guys that deal with a lot of Pontiac stuff, so I'll probably be able to find something for you if you mm-hmm. if you need it. So that was that was nice to have that connection now. Yeah, he's uh, he's way connected with uh, with any any motor, any 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 sure. brand, you know. So that's really cool. I'm glad yeah. that uh, that all worked out. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Looking I brought him. To... I brought him a couple pounds of bacon, which is his favorite, as a as a nice thank you <laughs> for him as well. So, yeah, that works. Oh, it does. I mean, good butcher shop bacon, not some supermarket pre wrap stuff. Yeah, so. here's some Oscar Mayer. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know my baloney has a second name? <laughs> <laughs> it's get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> uh, that's that's killer. Mm-hmm. So you've been back to the shop for a week. So what's been going on over there? Well, first it was a matter of uh, of relearning, uh, you know, where I work. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, because it was crazy um, getting reacquainted, and and uh, I'm we're, I'm super fortunate. Our crew is wonderful. They are just great, great people. Um, and I, I'm not saying that just because you know I work with these people. And I'll, I'll give you an example in a minute that I, I showed you before, but. Everybody was uh, asking, you know, how I was doing and, and sending messages to Kelly about all that. And, and when I came back, um, it was clear that they were genuinely concerned, you know. Well, sure. That, uh, and, and happy that I was uh, returning, which was great. And the fun thing is we had a whole bunch of new cars in the shop that I was completely unfamiliar with. Oh, wow. You're like a kid in a candy shop then. Especially with a few of these cars. Um, so so the, the team you know, once again, demonstrated that, uh, they don't need me there to run this place for sure, which is a wonderful feeling. Sure. And, uh, they got some great cars and one of them is, uh, a 68 Shelby GT 500 KR four speed convertible, mm. which I, I shared a picture of on, uh, on Facebook. You did. And that's a real one. It's a real one. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's in the Shelby registry and the whole thing. And it was restored a couple of years ago and it came to us, um, because it, it's not running right, and mm-hmm. and the the owner wanted us to maybe pull the motor and and rebuild it. Coincidentally, it's a Ford four twenty eight, so might have to call Eric. Right on. Uh, but uh, uh, we're thinking that there's a possibility that there's just something r- maybe wrong with the carburetor and the tune that's on it, and it mm. might not need a rebuild. So we're going to do a, uh, a full diagnostic on it, a leak down test, compression test, all that stuff. And, uh, see if we can nurse this thing back to health without being that invasive. Um, but we shall see. Um, cool. yeah. And, uh, 
an, another couple uh, uh, late seventies Trans Ams have showed up, which is Ooh, cool. Nice. Yeah, another seventy-seven and a, and a seventy-nine, um, and then uh, this uh, uh, Coronet five hundred sixty-eight car with a three eighty-three oh, cool. that we uh, uh, pulled the motor, sent the motor out for a rebuild, and we're detailing under the hood. So we, you know, Mopars are all body color on the inner right. fenders and firewalls. So we stripped all that and repainted that. And significant progress has been made on the uh, the seventy. Superbird project that we're working on. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is a car that was born as a, what was it? It was a satellite or a, or a Savoy. No, no, no. It was a, uh, it wasn't even a roadrunner. It was oh. just a base two door, uh, Plymouth uh-huh. that, uh, that was cloned into a GTX. So it had, okay. uh, the GTX stripes and the side scoops and, um, that whole look on it. Was it a Belvedere? No, it wasn't a Belvedere. And uh, you got to forgive me because my memory took a hit from, from yeah. the stupid thing that I got. So, uh, the, the plan is to, um, do a whole Superbird conversion on the car and, and give it that look, obviously not, trying to pass it off as a real one because sure. you know those are pretty much all known and accounted for so uh this is just a fun car so this is the third personality this car is going to have <laughs> over oh, yeah. its lifetime and uh so this one the owner opted for an aluminum rear wing okay which is pretty interesting because the the, the rear wing originally is steel mm-hmm. and you might have seen pictures of people sitting on the wing. Yes. You know, they're very, very strong and you got the, the wing and there's some supports that go down through the quarters that attach to the, the rear rails through the trunk floor. And the aluminum wing is actually cast aluminum. Oh, really? So it's a three piece deal. You got your two side uprights and your, your, uh, your top spoiler. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very heavy. Is it? Yes. Interesting. It's solid. It's solid, solid aluminum. Solid cast you know, aluminum. Oh, yeah, I guess, it's three yeah. and a half feet tall, you know, and five feet wide. So I'm trying to find out uh, from a, a vehicle dynamics standpoint if this is going to be okay. Um, I don't know what the weight of the steel one was, but it was formed sheet metal, so it, it was right. hollow inside. Sure. And this thing is completely solid. So, wow. I bet that'll uh, hold a few people up on it. Well, yeah, I'm just hoping it doesn't, you know, rip off the back of the car. <laughs> yeah, you know, that. G- going around a turn or something. So, mm-hmm. um, ah, so good anyway. Point. Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a beefy thing. Hmm. So that's all, you know, pretty cool um, to see these projects advance. Uh, some of them that had been there before I left, the needle has moved quite further down you know, after a, a month of, uh, the guys working on them too. So it was neat Very to see good. the progress. Um, we've got a 67 Camaro that we've basically rebodied with quarters and floors and, and mm-hmm. a roof skin and everything. And it's got a, a, a 556 horsepower GM LSA supercharged motor in it mm. and, and, uh, you know, good suspension and all kinds of fun parts. And it's a, it's a roller now and it's getting ready to go into the bodywork phase, uh, which was significantly further along than before. So love to see that. Sounds um, tasty. It's going to be a cool car. It's, yeah. it's, uh, our painter, Jeff, um, 
he uh, was tasked with coming up with some color spray outs for the owner. And the owner, um, he's a, a distance customer, so he, he, it's not like he can stop in every day. Uh-huh. And he made a plan to come visit us at the shop and check out the progress of the car. And he had seen a couple different blues that he liked. Uh-huh. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, you know, see if you can make me a spray out of this color and this color and, you know, maybe something else if you can, you know, come up with something. So Jeff invented a color that he called atmosphere blue. Ooh, I like it. Uh, it was, it's killer. And uh, it, it won. So the car will be uh, Jeff's exclusive blend of atmosphere blue. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you, see, you see this color, boys? That's a one-off, Jimmy, just for me. Yep, yeah, yeah. And normally yeah. we don't like to do custom colors because uh-huh. you know if the thing gets scratched or something they're not as easy to to repair yeah but we're going to supply the owner with the recipe information so he can take it anywhere and you know get it get color matched up. and yeah. fixed if he needs to so that's uh that's pretty sweet very nice man <clears throat> getting back to the crew they uh they just presented you with a nice uh, little something for uh, the holiday season. Well, and that's where I was going with all this. So, you know, touching base with all the crew members and, and, and seeing them, you know, I felt terrible being out because I couldn't contribute to the team. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't do my daily job and I didn't want to leave those guys hanging. And, uh, and that's, that's big with me. And amidst all my apologies, um, this past week, we had a, uh, a staff meeting, and we were going to have a, a holiday party because it's that time of year, but because of COVID, that plan got kind of canceled and, and postponed a little bit, so right. it wasn't a full-on, our typical you know, festivities, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, uh, the crew presented Kelly and I with a couple of gifts, and they presented hers first, which was super cool. It was a... Uh, Kelly loves to fish. So it was a fishing lure. I think an advertising sign of some sort. It was like a foot and a half long fishing lure with giant hooks on it. Oh, wow. Mounted on a board with the, the actual lure mounted below it, the little one. Okay. And the whole crew signed it, you know, and, and nice. The, the, the theory behind the, the fishing lure is our crew for the past couple of years has, gone out of their way to um, give Kelly and I things that don't have anything to do with work. Good. They want us to get out of Dodge, to get out of the shop and enjoy some time. And that's not always easy or possible. So they want us to keep our sanity and it's a very nice thing. So that's a nice reminder for her to go fishing, you know, good and, and be out of the shop. So after they presented that, they come wheeling out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't believe it. It's about a three and a half foot tall scale model of the Saturn V rocket that took the Apollo missions, you know, to the moon. Sure. And it's it's actually a Lego version, so it needed some assembly. And they also handed me a, a build book, essentially, of of this project coming together. And it completely blew me away because not only is this a, a, a killer cool gift because I'm a space program geek and, mm-hmm. and uh, I love that kind of stuff. But the build book shows the pictures of the crew members coming together to build this thing on their own time. See, that is, that is amazing. To me. It is amazing. Unreal. It's it, so it's not just a team that 
works under the same roof because that's their job and they get paid to do it. Mm-hmm. These are people that, and I, I knew this, but it was further, you know, verification that they're, they're, they're friends, they enjoy each other's company, they can work together under any circumstance. And they spent, um, uh, Amber, our administrative assistant, tallied it, uh, a total of 35 man hours putting this together. Unreal. That, and the, that, that, that's, that's crazy. I mean, what a testament to their dedication uh, to you guys and what you mean to them. So uh, I, I applaud them. Bravo. Yeah. And it was, uh, I mean, it was hard not to tear up, you know, when they presented this thing, uh, both because it, it's the, the rocket, which is great. And, uh, and then how they did it and the, the pictures, they're all having a great time and working together and, and putting this. So they, you know, to me, they, they set aside their own personal time to do something, uh, for me that they knew I would like and appreciate. And, um, it's, it's really amazing. So I, I can't say enough about these people. They're just yeah. a, a wonderful team. That's gotta be every business owner's dream to have a crew like that, uh, working with them. I would, I would, you know, definitely imagine so. And, and I've been spoiled because this is, this is the only business that I've owned, you know? So right. this is the only time I've ever been the boss. So I don't mm-hmm. know what it's like to work in a Walmart as a manager or, a, mm-hmm. you know, an owner. I don't, I don't know what it's like where people are five o'clock out the door and they don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been so lucky to be around people that love to do what they do and, and want to put the time in and enjoy being at the shop and enjoy hanging out afterwards. And, and it's been that way since day one with our business. Sure. So that's, that's what I know, but I, I super sincerely appreciate that, you know, cause I know that's not how it is in the, the real world. Right. <laughs> well, what's cool is that, uh, what you guys do and uh, what your crew does is not just a job it's really a passion uh and they just they're lucky enough to be able to get paid for it so i mean they probably think they're just as lucky as you are in that respect well i mean uh, in many ways i hope so uh and, and i know they they value the the experience and and there's there's ways to make more money doing this kind of stuff but um like again to, to pick on Jeff, our painter, he said in that same meeting, you know, he would f- much much rather uh, be painting the underhood of a '68 uh, uh, Coronet 500 than spraying crinkled Honda bumper covers all day long. <laughs> you know, even though it might be more pay, it just it, it can't can't do yeah, it. Yeah, know? it just sucks the soul right out of you. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, in all our different departments, you know, everybody's kind of got that same, uh, that same passion and, uh, and appreciation. So it, it really makes life a lot smoother, um, in doing the work, you know, and, and everybody yeah. respects each other and the, each other's abilities. Um, and again, I just, I, I'm so appreciative of, of the team. They're just amazing. And, um, so the, the, the Saturn five is proudly displayed in my office and they built a stand for it and they all signed it. And, uh, I had learned on this show, I'd mentioned, uh, Sarge before our mm-hmm. uh, Air, Air Force vet who does our, uh, our shipping and receiving and general facility organization. It was, it was his idea to get the rocket, which was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a secret that, uh, I'm into the space program. I usually, all of our monthly meetings have some kind of NASA quote at the top of the page and all that kind of stuff. Right on. So, but it, it was, it was 
really thoughtful, you know, and then for the, for the, everybody to, again, to come together on their own time, life is busy, you know, so sure, it's hard to do that kind of stuff. But they made you a priority, you and Kelly a priority. So that's, that's fantastic. I'm glad it to see is. that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we do them too. I mean, that's, they're, they are the biggest motivator for, for advancing the business is to make sure that everybody's got a place to work and is taken care of, you know, and right on we're constantly trying to offer additional benefits and services and stuff and uh, we've got some new stuff coming out for them too and i don't know it's just a it's a great thing i'm very fortunate amen brother well said thank you i'll try not to cry (laughs) (laughs) it's okay you big lug (laughs) yeah i'm not kidding you know yeah that's great i mean I, i i see the joy that doing what you do gives you uh, the opportunities it, it affords you and you're able to do what you love. And that's, that's what we all want. Yep. So good on you. <clears throat> well, you made it, man. You made it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, not without Kelly's help for sure. Um, and this has been an especially trying time for her because she took a lot of time to take care of my dead weight ass. Uh, <laughs> and she was out of the uh, shop a lot, you know, working yeah. from home on the laptop and everything else. And, and, uh, again, yeah. with, I know that was bothering her a lot. Yeah, totally. And, you know, torn between trying to get things done and be there for the team and, mm-hmm. and, you know, be there with me at the same time. And, and there was no mutiny there either. So that was great. And, um, I know that, uh, uh, you know, they appreciate her the same way and her them. So, yeah, well, the good news is you built a good management team, uh, to be able to handle things without the both of you there, at least for the short term. So that's that's huge. You didn't that you know business didn't have to grind to a halt, and uh, you didn't have to make any you know crazy sacrifices to to keep things afloat. So, no, we've got leaders internally that we yeah. can trust and that do a great job, and yeah. and the customers didn't suffer at all. There was no disruption of service, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, or or loss of quality standard or anything for, yeah. with us being out. So. No. So yeah. You, so you you you've been preparing for years for this. Yeah, I just didn't really think that this would be the way to test it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But, uh, you know, yeah. thinking of things that I that I missed, um you had signed me up uh for this uh, Haggerty oh, online yeah. trivia night and uh, I just did not have the oats to 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 participate. But then later, I thought maybe I should have. Tell me how this all went down. Well, it was uh, it was a Zoom meeting with Haggerty and some other uh, Haggerty members, and uh, we're just talking. And uh, they had uh, about twenty one questions prepared, and uh, it was a simple. They, they sent they sent us a uh, a gift box beforehand with a notepad, a sharpie, a pen. Uh, uh, some some movie popcorn uh, to to and, and a coasters and a keychain because you can't have too many keychains, right? And and uh, so they were trying to make a night of it, a nice little evening. And they'd ask a question, and you would have to write your answer down on a note. You had thirty seconds to uh, uh, write your answer, and you showed your answer at the end, and just kept mm-hmm. track of your score. And um, this. Our show, our our little V8 radio podcast, has prepared me well for this for this very event <laughs> because I knew a lot of these answers. Really, and, so, and I think 
one or two of these questions they asked we've asked on the show but i can't remember what they were but i remember like oh my gosh we asked this on the show i absolutely know this answer (laughs) (laughs) so it was great but uh i ended up um tying for second place nice yeah but they had a tiebreaker question and i lost the tiebreaker so in the end i came in third out of about uh 14 people that were on the hey that's that's not bad at all yeah um and my fear was that my recall was diminished, so I wouldn't be very good at trivia, but you mentioned that this was a multiple choice. Correct. It was all multiple choice, except the last question was not. The tiebreaker? or The tiebreaker was not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, the tiebreaker yeah. was not. It was about uh, this Duesenberg that sold at Gooding Auction. How, what was the final hammer price with the uh, buyer oh. and seller's premium? You'd and, have to uh, know. You'd have to know. And the one guy who worked for Haggerty exa- knew exactly what it was because he said, are you kidding me? I, I got to know what my competition's doing. So he got the right. It was $22 million and uh, I guessed $14 million. I thought, yeah, that's a good number. Yeah. <laughs> so a guy that works for Haggerty won it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he came in second. Second. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he broke the tiebreaker question. So what was the... Uh... The level of questions, um, not not necessarily the level, but the the scope. Was it? It was global. It was cars? all over the place. Yes, it was global imagine. cars. Yeah, it was all. There was Cadillacs were in an answer. Ferraris were in an answer. Um, just all kinds of stuff. I mean, everything under the sun. So it was really it was really interesting. Yeah, I bet. I uh, hope we can do it again. Yeah, that's cool. Next time, I uh, I'll be well enough to play along. Yeah. Darn right, yeah. I'm not going to let you squeeze a lot of it next time. <laughs> That's my problem with you. I let you off the hook too much. Ah, oh, man. That <laughs> no, is kind of true. It is. I'm an enabler. What can I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, another um, online event that, that occurred since uh, our last cast was the uh, Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals virtual show. Yes, it was. <clears throat> which that, uh, that was pretty cool. It came out really nice, and the the backstory was that uh, Bob Ashton and the team that run the Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals in Chicago were very dismayed that they could not host the show this year because of the COVID virus, and it got canceled. So I had talked to Bob, and I kind of stepped out of out of line a little bit and made a suggestion that I, you know, I didn't really have the authorization to, but I said I knew that the people that own the brothers collection where we shoot muscle car of the week mm-hmm. are getting very, very close to completing their museum. And I called Bob and I said, wouldn't it be cool to do a, a video online tour of the museum? Because it's basically very similar to going to the McCacken show, mm-hmm. you know, with all the high end top muscle cars in the world and under one roof. And Bob said, I love the idea. And and he actually called those guys and pitched it and they loved it. So then it was on, you know? Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the goal was like, <clears throat> can we do an hour and a half uh, online video presentation and, and tour the facility? And, and Bob started to get some notable guests um, to come in, uh, fly in from different parts of the country to talk about uh, specific cars. Um, you know, an expert on the AAR Cudas and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Ford Cobra Jets and, and Charlie Lillard was there who was yeah. acting as kind of the, 
the face of the museum and mm-hmm. and whatnot. So so all these pieces had to come together. And and when we shoot Muscle Car of the Week, there's a gentleman named Evan mm-hmm. who lives in Southern California. He's a cinematographer that I've worked with for years. Um, he's part of our crew. We we bring him up, and uh, Ben, who I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Koopman, he, he comes with me and the two of us fly out and, and we go do our thing. Well, there was some uh, resistance on the part of, of Evan being from Southern Cal because in the entertainment industry in Southern California, they have things, people that are called COVID officers hmm. that, that are on set to make <clears throat> sure that you are distancing and that oh, you're wow. masked and that you're playing the part. And Evan was very insistent on, on creating a, a COVID contract that he wanted everybody to sign that said, you, you haven't been exposed in the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have it. And once this, you know, you'll distance. And once this is over, um, you will report back if you get Find symptoms. out that you did. Okay. Right. Um, so this was very, very important to him, which, you know, it is to everybody, but where I live, um, it, it isn't, we, we're lucky enough that where it's not so prevalent to be, mm-hmm. you know, that scary, you know, plain yeah. and simple. So, uh, I was talking with Evan and the time is getting closer and closer to doing the shoot. We had about a two week window, uh, and then a, a week to shoot it. And then a week to turn around the video and launch it on, uh, on the same day that the McCacken show would have been on a, right. on a Saturday night, uh, November 21st. So here we have all these people flying in and everything else. And I told Evan, I said, you're going to be in this giant museum. So people can definitely stay far Spread apart. Out. Yeah. You know, it's easy to do. And he said, yeah, but what about the airports and the rental cars and everything to get there? Uh, you know? And I said, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So it, we got to the point where, um, he, he was about to bail. Oh no! He said, "I, I, am not going to risk my health for this. I just, it's just, that's just what it's going to be, you know, which is respectable, and I, I get sure. it." Meanwhile, I've got pneumonia, <laughs> and I can't go. Right, I know that was ripping you apart too. It, it was ripping me apart because the the muscle car or the uh, the muscle car of the week series was basically supposed to culminate with a tour of the museum. Oh, it was supposed to all come together with, you know, we've done all these cars and now here's the whole place. And that's essentially what we were going to shoot. And I couldn't do it and I couldn't be part of it. And I was like, it was killing me. So Ben's looking at me like, I can't do this alone. You know, (laughs) (laughs) what's going on? (laughs) It's time for you to fly little bird. (laughs) Yeah. So eventually Evan called me back and he said, I went over it. I, I can do this. I'll take precautions. We'll we'll be safe and okay. We'll, we'll make it happen. And and thank God he did that. So Ben and Evan went out and um, shot for three and a half days, mm-hmm. and uh, did all the interviews while I was asleep. No oh, man, was in bed, done. And this is the first time I've ever had a video production that I just couldn't even do anything. I with. Couldn't I? Couldn't yeah. do anything. So there was a lot of. Um, interesting things that, you know, there's questions that come up, you know, content questions and, and logistics yeah. questions and all this stuff that happens during a shoot. And, uh, luckily Kelly worked with, uh, with Ben and Evan and, uh, and Bob Ashton and, and got all these things, you know, resolved 
so that um, so they could do it. And I felt bad because I'm normally the buffer between, mm. you know, we'll, we'll say the client and the crew. And the client at this point was the most car Corvette nationals. And, and those guys had a vision of what they wanted to see, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. walking up and down the aisles and pointing at cars and, and doing their thing. Well, on the production side, we knew that people, actors have a hard time walking and talking. Mm-hmm. And when you have right. regular people, we did not have the the time to be able to shoot somebody walking and talking and pointing out cars and tripping over a word and redoing and you know we yeah, just didn't have sense. the time. Right. So our strategy was to be you know let's let's take each individual, sit them down in an interview style, ask them right. all the questions about the stuff, and then the camera crew will go get video of everything that they said. So you're still going to get the same effect, but it's actually going to look nicer, and it'll be more efficient to shoot. Well, when I say I act as the buffer, if I was there, I would have been able to say just that and say, mm. this is how, and they'd, they'd probably be fine. But in this case, the, the, the clients didn't quite understand and the crew was like, we're too busy to explain this. So oh. there was, you know, a, a few, few moments that were a little bit uh, tense uh-huh. and the, the crew did it the way that we, we wanted to. I mean, they had the cameras, you know, so that's sure. how it was going to be. But at the end of the day, the program looks dynamite. It does look dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. It looks great. And I was, um, I was pretty, uh, uh, honored to be able to be asked to do some voiceover on there that, and Ben wrote the copy for. Yep. So he stepped up in that respect as well. So yep. yeah, you he, guys work tightly he has together. A new skill. Uh, well, he's got lots of skills. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, most definitely skillful, but yeah, you're right. Um, the the show opens with some voiceover from Mr. Mike Hubal Clark and and throughout during the little promotional breaks and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, that was all done killer and I remember waking up at one point like on Wednesday or something and uh, I was in a panic and Kelly's like what's the matter and I'm like we we gotta do some I gotta we gotta do some voiceover and she's like they got it. Don't it's worry. all done it's, there. It's written. Happy. It's done. It's over. I'm like, don't, don't forget this. She's like, no. <laughs> Take more pills and go to sleep. Yeah. Here's so. another bottle of aspirin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Dump that down your gullet. Yeah, yeah. So it, that was another testament to uh, <clears throat> to working with quality people like yourself that uh, uh, were able you. to pull that off. I was I was so happy I was able to contribute in just the small way I was. So yeah. thank you for that. No, I really appreciate it. And uh, when when the McCacken team saw the video, they they loved it. And Good. the response online was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And uh, it ended up being just over an hour long because uh, a couple of the interview people couldn't make it um, mm. for their own reasons. And then I, I was supposed to do a piece on the uh, uh, Buick section of the museum, which, of course, didn't get shot because I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it's interesting. That's a long form video. You know, it's, it's an hour long yeah. and it is getting some pretty good numbers on the YouTube channels. Right on. People are sitting through the whole thing. And at the end they're, they're posting comments saying, Hey, I wish it was longer. I wanted to see more. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. It was yeah. really cool. Yeah. A few of those guys I recognize from, uh, interviewing them from when you, from when you were in Saudi Arabia, and yep. uh, I was at the Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals. I'm like, hey, I remember. That's the Boss 4029 guy. Oh, that's, that's Gary Riley. Yeah. Exactly right. right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, you're an industry guy. Well, I am an industry guy, Kevin. I mean, I don't know what you expect, but God dang it. <laughs> yeah, it's old hat, man. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, how about that two years in a row I missed that show? Uh, well, we all missed it this last time, so. Right, right. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. So hopefully 21, uh, this all turns around and we can get back to doing the fun stuff we like to do. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that was... Um, that was pretty amazing. So if you if you haven't seen that, um, set aside some time. I recommend watching it on a on a, a television, a big TV instead of a phone or a, a laptop or something. Good call. Because it does look really good. And go to our uh, our V8 TV YouTube channel or the Muscle Car of the Week YouTube channel. And the McCacken Show put up a YouTube channel as well and, and has correct. it on there too. So that's definitely worth checking out. So many cars in that museum. Oh, yeah unbelievable the yeah. collection they have it's ridiculous <laughs> it is ridiculous i love it <laughs> every car say. there <laughs> yeah well and so they they released the the location finally uh publicly it's in mm. it's in oregon mm -hmm. and uh you still can't go there because it's not open and that part of the world is is still under a super covid clampdown. So hopefully this stuff blows over and then they'll be able to open the doors for charity events and whatnot and yeah, right on. let people in to check it out. Dig it. It is no longer parts unknown. Yes. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Yeah. Right on. So the rest of the, this past week since I've been back, uh, we, we kicked out another video, another cue ball voiceover uh, extravaganza, the... Uh, 46 Ford restoration. Yeah, people are eat, eating it up, man. Spotlight. Yeah, yeah. Great car. <laughs> Did a nice job with that. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. And uh, we certainly got more to come. So, yeah, I like that 46 Ford. That's cool. Yeah, it was super clean. Yeah. Very nice car. Um, mm. All right. Well, at this point, I can hear this uh, collective uh, holding of the breath all over the world, wondering <laughs> what the right. answers are to our trivia questions. So, what do you got? Well, let's take it away then. All right, Kevin, I asked you about the passenger side view mirror and how it achieved the uh, the uh, objects in the mirror being closer than they appear and, and why. And you said, you think it's convex, concave, convex? Well, it is convex. And uh -huh. it, it, is, uh, it is done there for a wider, wider field of view. And it typically came about when highways became multi-lane, much wider multi-lane, so you could get a better view of all the other traffic. Right on. So, yeah. So, nicely done, sir. Very cool. And now let's hear about the Rambler Executive Option. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't well, wait to see how that comes around. Yeah, about. yeah, well. My question to you was, uh, you've heard of the uh, REO Speedwagon and the REO Car Company. What did REO stand for? And your suggestion was the Rambler Executive Option, which is brilliant. <laughs> it isn't it, though? Isn't it? I just it have credit just for that. <laughs> well, you know, when I think executive, I think Rambler. Yes. Yeah, don't we all? Don't, don't we all? Know, Cadillac, no. Imperial, no. no. Lincoln, so, pish posh. Nope. Rambler. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the actual correct answer was Ransom Eli Olds. Olds. <sighs> yep, Mr. Olds. 
Casting with you guys. And abbreviated it after himself. So Nice. There you go. Nice. But um, I do like your answer. <laughs> Thank you. I like my <laughs> answer, too. <laughs> That's right up along there with the dashboard question. Which, that was an old thing also, almost. You oh, know, the old yeah, curved dash. Curved dash. It all comes around, man. <laughs> Full circle here. Yeah. And, you know, after listening to the show, people have called me a rambler. Yeah. Well, you know, so. well, you know <laughs> it all fits. It all ties together somehow. It's, it's a serendipitous episode. It is serendipitous. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. Must be off my meds. <laughs> well, we're glad you're around to be able to take meds. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, we appreciate everybody uh, hanging with us during the... Uh, the the recess if you will a um, little bit rusty here but uh, hopefully you enjoyed this particular episode uh, promise we'll have another one out sooner than this one than this one yeah 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 <laughs> Mike's already working on another trivia question that he he stole from the uh, Haggerty oh, trivia night I stole every one of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are they did they say are they going to do that again I believe they are going to do it again yes all right good. We'll have to get involved. Yeah, I have the uh, I have the email address, so I'll uh, I'll uh, fire it off and say, "Hey, I want to be part of the next one too." Right on. We want to be part of the next one. That's it. I mean, you can't. You can Was there a team aspect, or just every every individual? Every person for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. But you and I would run that. Yeah, it, you know, I was wondering if it'd be both of our heads in the same window. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, that's uh, that's about all I got for this time. Um, again, we appreciate you checking out V8 Radio. If you liked it, subscribe. There's uh, all kinds of different places to uh, to do that: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, Podchaser. Yeah, the again, whole shebang. If you if you're hearing it, you know where to find it. So thank you for that. And uh, I guess we will see you next time on the next episode of V8 Radio. <laughs>